Blog Talk Radio. Interested me, interested me 
um, as far as academics. So my parents were trying to figure out what would be the best route to get me back on the right path. And it just so happens that my older brother, Donovan Williams, was a part of BPA organization when he was in high school back in the mid to late 90s. And it was a pretty much a Hail Mary throw for my mother. Um, she she made me sign up for the organization for the high school computer competition back in Memphis. And I literally signed up the last night that it was time to sign up for the program. And I got my information in, and I was like, okay, I'll give it a try to see what happens. Thankfully, my younger brother was a part of it with me, and he, he was my partner in crime, if you will. So he, he and I doing it together was something that um, I felt comfortable with. At least I wasn't doing it by myself. And when I got in BPA and the people knew us because we were Donovan's younger brother, and they showed a great love to us as well as all the other students, and I started to learn and pick up the information that the teachers were trying to teach us, and it started making sense. Um, and then they told us that you can be on the competition team if you're part of the top five, and you'll get an all-expense-paid trip to Chicago, Illinois. And, and that was probably one of the biggest things that intrigued me was an all-expense-free trip out of town away from my parents. I, I don't know why that was so important to me back then in high school, but it was. And that's what kept me engaged. So my younger brother and I, we worked extremely hard to make sure that we got on the competition team. And then once we got on the competition team, uh, we won first place in the national competition then. And that was the first time ever that the Memphis chapter ever won first place in the competition. And as a result of winning, it sparked confidence in me that I didn't know that I had. I was a pretty confident uh, individual, but winning first place gave me the attitude that no matter what I want to do in life, if I want to do it, I can do it because this is a national competition that we were being a part of, and that made that gave me even more confidence that it wasn't a city or a county or a regional that this was a national that we were competing against other students from across the country, and to win first place in this competition said that I can do anything that I wanted to. Now, I graduated high school with a 1.8 GPA, which was a D average. But as a result of being in BPA and having that confidence to be able to get whatever I want accomplished, I knew that I could get into college and get on the right path that my parents were trying to get me on, and I was able to do that. I had to start off at a community college. And I had to go there for a year and a half to get my grades up. And then I transferred over to a four-year college, the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. And then I received my bachelor's degree in three years. I majored in religious studies and communication. And then I moved down here to Atlanta to get my master's, uh, master's in divinity. And I was able to get that in three years. And all of that, and then also I was able to get my first professional job working at Macy's System and Technology. And all of that can be credited all the way back to me being in high school and barely making the deadline to get into the Memphis HSEC program. All of that is thanks to the BPA. <laughs> and, and, you know, that that's the story that, that we, we want people to hear that because a lot of young people um, don't just know where they want to go, where they want to be. Um, and even like you said, I, I think that your story just has a lot of elements that 
uh, parents and even young people can relate to, young men who are hopeful about maybe athletic careers, and when that doesn't fall through, they, they can't think of what else can I do, or they don't have that confidence, like you said. And so it, it took just that one program and that opportunity and then that, that taste of success that I think, you know, gave you a, a new direction and, and maybe got you uh, just at least considering something else. And from there, you know, going to college. And the interesting thing is, 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 as people listen to your story, you didn't necessarily go to college for IT or for computers, but at least you did. It did inspire you to continue with school, whereas you were barely kind of limping through high school. So, you know, it, it, at least you had something that motivated you and got you going in a different direction. And, and I think that, you know, just another way of looking at it is, how different might you be right now had there not been no uh, HSCC, you know, um, um, for you? Have, have you ever thought about it from that perspective? Oh, a- absolutely. I-, I think about that all the time. Anytime that I make or hit a milestone in my life, I always reflect about that. I was, I was actually talking to a, my wife uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, because recently, as you know, we uh, just uh, purchased our first house. And I sit back and, and, I, and I look at uh, our house, and the first thing that comes to mind is this is only possible for me because of BPA, you know. And, and I don't want to sound um, materialistic by, by no means, but uh, even when, when uh, we purchased our first car, uh, that was all because of BPA. Even when I got my first professional job, that was as a result of BPA. I, I I say this with full confidence. I know for a fact, had my parents not been um, determined to make sure I didn't fail, first of all, and, and they made sure that I stayed rooted in the right direction, and had BPA not been a part of my life, in, in particular the high school computer competition program, I know for a fact I would not even be sitting here talking to you today about this. I, I know the direction that my life was heading in and uh, when I was in Memphis because I was conscious of those decisions. I made those decisions on purpose. I, I wanted my life to be uh, not successful. I wanted it to be somewhat of a low life. Uh, I wanted it to not achieve in life. I wanted to live a life that... I felt was uh, uh, simple and that would get me by really in, until my until my death came. And, and when I sit back and I look at all the people that um, mentored me in Memphis in particular, uh, with my with my coach who's also the president and also the coordinator, uh, and Joseph Taylor, who I call Pops because he's like a father figure to me, and also Todd Green and, and, and all the people in the Memphis staff, those people really made sure that I didn't fail in life. I don't I don't want to sound all mystical and spiritual or anything and say that maybe they saw something in me because the honest truth is I don't I don't think that they um pointed me out of the group and said, Hey, we're gonna make him into something. I mean this was this was Memphis. This is an area that uh there were a number of students just like me, you know. And in some cases, some of us got it and, and some of us didn't. And that's really 
just life, and we had to keep pushing to get those that didn't get it to finally get it in something. But those people were very helpful to all of us in the program. I mean, all the students, everyone on the competition team doesn't have a story like me, but they are extremely successful, um, and, and it all goes back to BPA. And uh, I know how how one defines success is uh, yet to be determined, but for me it's making it out of Memphis, um, being able to support my family, uh, um, not living a life that I have to look over my shoulder every other day. Uh, uh, those things are what I'm, I'm uh, defining as being successful. And I know for a fact that had that not happened, uh, it, it would have been easily for me to say that I could have wound up there. Because one of my friends, when I was in uh, undergrad, when I was in undergrad, one of my friends, close friend of mine, uh, uh, was uh, shot and killed in Memphis, and uh, he was a good friend of mine. And I received a phone call that he was uh, killed, and I, I often wonder, it, would I have been with him that night that uh, he was shot and killed? And uh, thankfully, you know, I, I wasn't there. But, you know, that goes back to the BPA, and, and that's why it's so important that organizations like BDPA reach out to young people and older people to help educate them on what we're doing to try to eliminate paths like that that end in that kind of destruction. Absolutely, absolutely, Wes. And I must I must congratulate you on making that right decision at some point in time. You that was your decision to make that change. You've had a lot of people that put you in the right place at the right time, but eventually it was your decision to make that change, and you are a, a success story in itself. And any any young kid coming through this program right now would uh, uh, be blessed to have you as a mentor knowing the road and the path that you traveled to get here. And we appreciate, and BDPA appreciates, everything that you've done for the program uh, to this day and in the future. Uh, no one can question your loyalty and your contributions to this program and to the young people that you come in contact with. So I want to congratulate you personally for that. Thank you. Okay. And, and knowing, having traveled that road you did, knowing the challenges as a young person, coming up and getting, uh, uh, even just getting exposed to a program like BDPA, you're fully aware of all the challenges and, and troubles and distractions a young person, especially a young man, can have and lead you away from something like this. Uh, you know, what are your ideas and, and how, do you, how do you go about engaging young folks and getting them interested into the, in the program um, uh, in the beginning. Well, it, it is a challenge, David, to be honest with you. It is, it is a big challenge to be able to do. One of the things that uh, we always said in, uh, when I was in graduate school is to meet the people where they are. Um, and, and that's kind of what my attitude is, even with the young people, um, is, is to meet them where they are. I I will say that I'm somewhat disconnected from the world that they live in now. Uh, but one thing that I, I I think that is important is to never 
uh, try to change them from the world that they that they live in. You, you just meet them where they are, and you, you have to teach them and help them understand uh, what are distractions and how it can keep you from getting what you need to get taken care of. And it's always something small is the way that I start off with. It, it could be something like homework. It could be something taking a quiz, showing up on time for class, you know, anything. Let's talk about what kept you from getting this taken care of. Because one thing that my dad preached to us uh, growing up as as uh, young kids, it was three, three of us and I had two other brothers, he always preached no excuses. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what the case is. If you have something to get done, there's no excuse that, it didn't get taken care of. So, and that's that's something that, uh, even though that's a very old school mentality, I take that and translate it to the young people nowadays and try to help them understand it and see what the distractions are that's keeping them from getting a minor t- task taken care of. And then once we understand what a distraction is and how a distraction can keep them from getting what get their getting their task completed, then we started to we started to broaden it out. Okay, now what can keep you from graduating high school? Okay, what can keep you from not getting into college and so forth and so on? But once we start to understand these distractions and, and defining what these distractions are to the young people, it's somewhat easy to overcome because the reality of it is. These are still young people, and the maturity level has not fully developed yet. My maturity level didn't fully develop. I didn't. I didn't make that conscious decision, like you were saying, until after I graduated. And you know, I was hit with the ultimatum that my dad told me: you can either go to school, or you can work, but you will not sit in this house <laughs> and do nothing. And, you know, and, and you know, for me, my maturity level kicked in real quick. Because he says, once I go to work, you're getting out of this house too. So <laughs> it's up to you what you want to do with your time. So my maturity level kicked in after I graduated from high school. And, and, and patience is a virtue. I, I don't I don't think that anyone can ever say anything negative about being patient because my parents, I know it probably felt like 50 years to be able to get me to a point where I can get on that right path. And in actuality, it probably only took about four or five years, and that's even a long time. But you have to be patient. And, and, and like I said, the maturity level is not fully developed. So if you can define the distraction and be patient in due time, it, it will come to pass that they'll understand it. Absolutely. Let, let me. My my question. I want to make sure that our audience understands. First of all, we're talking with uh, Wesley Williams here, um, and you talked about how, and, and we've been elaborating on how the HSCC program of BDPA turned your life around. That's the high school uh, computer competition. But you also have another part to your story. You just didn't walk away from the program and. And, and that's something, and, and maybe you also can talk to some of, of the, the people who are going to listen to this broadcast um, who were former members, but you came back and you gave back. And, and can you talk about that? Take, take us through what you did, you know, once you pursued your career 
you came back to the program, and then also talk to those out there and, and what give back, how important giving back is. I don't know what really compelled me to to stay involved. I'm trying to think back during that time because I, I, I never left BDPA. Uh, I started BDPA in 2000, uh, 2001, and I have not left BDPA since. I don't know what exactly compelled my heart to stick around. And, and the best answer that I can give is that I felt it was a debt that I owed BDPA. And, and first, that debt started out as uh, as, uh, to the Memphis chapter because they were the the most instrumental pieces in my life during that time. So I, even though I couldn't compete on the competition team, I stayed around and was an assistant coach, and that involved picking up students, bringing them to class, picking up students during the midweek practice session to get them ready, calling students, keeping them engaged, helping picking the team and helping to win as well. And then I remember uh, the year that Memphis, the last year that Memphis won, because we won four times in a row, and we were the first chapter to win four times in a row. And it was 2004, and I was getting ready to head off to to undergrad to the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. And I sent this email saying, thanks a lot, BPA. You guys have been great. Thanks for all the help. And Wayne Hicks sent me an email and reply and say, okay, so what are you going to do now? You know, now that you won first place in Memphis, what's next? Are you going to do anything else? You're going to school in Chattanooga. Are you going to help that program? Are you still going to continue to help young people evolve in in, uh, information technology? And and for me, I was like, you know, Wayne, I just won first place four times in a row. I mean, haven't I... (laughs) Haven't I done my job in life? What what more could you want? And and, and that that email because Wayne knows me. Wayne knows that I'm a strong competitor, and he and he knows that I hate being given a challenge because he knows that I'm going to pursue it. So he knew what he was doing. He was strategic in his approach. So he knew that I was going to go to Chattanooga, and and the chapter the program was essentially. Uh, non-existent in Chattanooga, and I helped get that uh, back back on the right path, back started back up again. Uh, we had members. Uh, we started an HSCC program. Um, uh, my students won uh, fourth place as well as fifth place in the national competition. And then I was like, okay, well, I've done Memphis and I've done Chattanooga. You know, I helped some kids. I've I've gotten some things out of this as well. I think that's it. And then in 2007 at the uh, D.C. conference, uh, a lady by the name of Michelle Cook, who was an Atlanta member, approaches me, and she says, hey, aren't you moving to Atlanta um, for graduate school? I said, yeah. She said, well, you know, we're looking for somebody to be a coordinator there. And I'm like, wait a minute, I just went through this a couple of years (laughs) going back to Chattanooga. Don't tell me it's going to start all over again. And she said, well, let me just introduce you to the chapter president, and, you know, you can make your mind up from there. And, you know, I got down here, and I met a a wonderful lady by the name of Teresa Williams, who was the chapter president at that time for BBA. And and this lady has literally become my mother uh, in Atlanta. My biological mother resides still in Memphis, Tennessee, 
But Teresa Williams became, and we had no relation before we met, but now we are uh, joined to the hip. And she basically gave me the keys to the city, and she said, take it over and do what you want to do with it. And our relationship grew. And then I started to see the importance of sticking sticking it out with BPA. Um, I, I, the, the smiles on the students' face, because my first year here, uh, we took a group of kids to the regional competition, and they came in second place. And these kids were so ecstatic about traveling to Cincinnati, Ohio, winning second place. That it's indescribable. And then we win, we won fourth, uh, fifth place national that year at the national competition. And I just started seeing these students' faces, and, and, and just started becoming. Uh, more into their personal lives, their family lives, and it, it was just something that I was just, although I wanted to get away, I just could not leave it. And, and that's something that people should, that's probably one of the reasons why people should volunteer. If not in BDPA, some organization where you can make changes in young people's lives. And, and a lot of the kids in the program, when I first got down here, they didn't know my my story, you know. They didn't know that I graduated with a 1.8 GPA and a 13 on the ACT. A lot of them didn't know that. It was just a hard to get kids in the right direction, and, and technology was the outlet for for them. You know, it, it was a potential outlet for them, and, and that's one of the reasons why if if you're not giving back somewhere, you should be giving back somewhere. And BPA is a, is a great organization to start with, especially because there's not so many organizations where as an adult you can get something out of it and give back to it on the student level. Wow, that's uh, interesting. That's very interesting, uh, Wes. I, I do have a question for you, though. Uh, initially, you weren't planning a career in IT. So, uh, you know, and and now you have something to fall back on in any direction you go, whether it's, uh, you know, back into the divinity, into teaching. You have you have such a strong and stable foundation to fall back on in any one of those directions. Do you think others should yep. consider do you think others should consider a career in IT? And what what do you feel about IT as a career, if it's a good direction for young people today? Yeah, well, one of the things that my dad always was um, trying to teach us when we was younger is to always be multidimensional. Don't be just one way in life. You know, have different things on your plate at all times. Always stay busy with things. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why I have a, a, a religious background and a teaching background and an IT background and a, a, a cooking background as well um, because we did, I made sure that I have something to always fall back on. And, and in regards to IT, yes, it is, it is a, a wonderful career to, to embark on because the, the entire world is moving to IT, and one way or another, the entire world is moving to IT. I, I'm, I'm glad that I'm fortunate enough to be alive for this mobile boost that we're having right now because 
everything is essentially mobile. Even even this interview that we're having right now, I mean, it, it doesn't get any more IT to, than this. If you would have told someone 30 years ago that you could be having a conversation, a radio uh, conversation with someone, and you're not going to be in the same room, and it's going to be broadcast out to millions of people, no one would have believed you during that time. And IT is so uh, uh, diverse for you to get in. There's coding, there's the business side of it, there's the, the management side of it. There's so many different areas in IT that you can get involved with that it's not it's not even a one-dimensional. You could be multidimensional in IT. You could be a tester, a programmer, a business analyst, a project manager, and a manager. You can have a background in those different areas as well. Mine happens to be religion, uh, IT, uh, in particular to programming and administration, uh, uh, and, and teaching. But in technology alone, you can have a multi-tier platform that you can that you can reside on, and so that's why it's a good opportunity that you can make effective changes in a person's lives in the world, and you can still get paid where it's uh, suitable to a, a, a good lifestyle. You can still have a good lifestyle in the IT world. So absolutely, this is something that is important for um, students to be a part of, and that's one of the things that we did here in Atlanta BDPA. I started the uh, ACE program a couple of years back. ACE stands for Advanced Computer Education. And the purpose of that program was to show students the multifaceted areas of IT. So we brought in speakers from uh, business analysts. We brought in programmers. We brought in graphic art designers. And we also brought in um, administrators as well because we wanted the students to be exposed to all the different areas of IT that you could be a part of because what HSCC is limited, even though it's a, it's a great program, is limited to just getting you set for a computer program. Now, we do teach project management. We do teach presenting. Uh, we also teach graphic designs as well to come out with your layout. But in ACE program, you have all these different speakers showing you, okay, if you like this, this is the area that you need to uh, stay on to get to this path to accomplish this in graphic designs or in programming or so forth and so on because it's just so much you can do in IT. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and one of the things that, you know, a message, and I just want to borrow this phrase, I didn't come up with it, but it's so important. We, we want our young people not just to be consumers of technology because it's all around them. Like you said, it's in every aspect and every facet. I mean, you know, every young person nowadays can't live without whether it's their tablet or their iPod or their smartphones. I mean, they're being raised up with these things. Um, we were introduced to those when they're older. Now they feel entitled that they have to have, you know, these, these pieces of technology. Um, and we don't want them to just be consumers. We want young people, our people, to be innovators. We want them creating the latest apps and, and, and um, coming up with the latest um whether it's gadget or add-on or starting a new company or, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, we want them to be the innovators and to be on the front end uh, of the, that technology and receiving end of, um, you know, of the financial uh, rewards of, of actually being an innovator and being an entrepreneur and that type of thing. And I think that there is a lot of creative space in IT. Um, you know, we we just – 
you know, on the cusp of, of the many things that you can do with technology, whether it's in medicine or education or, you know, wherever you, you want to go, whether it's even in gaming for that matter. So um really want to hopefully as, as young people and their parents hear this broadcast, this is uh, Technology Espresso Cafe, and as we bring speakers like Wes Williams, who has a very uh, touching story, this should be very real. You know, there's, you've gone through some things, um, and you found yourself on the right side of the odds that uh, a lot of our young black men don't find uh, the right side of it. So, um, again, this is the message, and, and you are the perfect mentor for them. As a matter of fact, I, as I segue my way to my, my next question, I want to acknowledge in our chat room tonight we have uh, one of the people who took over after you retired from the Atlanta VDPA HSCC program, only after taking them to being uh, first place winners last year. So um, just want to acknowledge that and, and great job there and great way to go out on top. And Josephine, you know, um, we love her, and she just stepped into your, your shoes, which could be very intimidating, but um, took over, and uh, she's putting her own twist on it. But I want to propose a question to you because, again, other SCC coordinators in, in different states may also be listening to this broadcast. That's the beautiful part about a national radio show. But as far as the challenge, there's a lot of kids, their parents bring them to the program, um, and, and maybe even yourself, uh, thinking back to when you were that age, you were a little bit skeptical, but you kind of had your brothers that had, had been through the program or they're with you. But how do you hold on to those that you see the potential, um, they come to one or two sessions, but you see the interest waning or, you know, the, the, the other parts of their lives, the other distractions are pulling them away? Um, I know there's probably no magic bullet, but don't know if you, you have any thoughts or any any ideas. Um, actually, we have, well, I personally have experienced this a, a number of times, and I, I want to say this, and I, I say this with uh, great intentions. Sometimes, BPA may not be the answer for them. And I say that only because there's so many different things that a young person can excel in. You know, if we have a student that comes to be a part of BPA that uh, loves cooking and that's what they want to do with their lives, well, we're not going to offer anything to them that's going to be cooking. Now, we can show them the technical aspects of things uh, that involve cooking, and, and yes, and we can hope that that sparks their interest and, 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 you know, keep them engaged, but sometimes that doesn't always happen. One of the things that you want to do, for me, and and this is one thing that um, I'm, I'm guilty of, and it, I understand it's a good thing, but, you know, it's one thing I'm guilty of that you, you you really have to mentor the person and be there for the person, no matter what. If you if you see something in them, whether they are going to stay in BPA or not, you have to be a mentor to them. And it's twenty twenty hindsight, but when I asked my pops, uh, uh, Joseph Taylor, the the president and coordinator back in Memphis, um, if I had given up 
that first year or so, would he have stayed engaged with me? And, and he was being truthful. He said, it, it really depends on how long you stuck around. If you stuck around for a good majority of the, the time that you were in the program, then, yeah. And he's that type of person. And, and he wasn't just saying that for me. He actually helped out a number of students that didn't stay in technology because there were, there were a good number of students that in the Memphis chapter that didn't stay explicitly in technology. We had a couple of uh, young ladies that went through the nursing program. We had a couple of that, uh, young ladies and men and women that uh, became or, or that went through uh, uh, law school as well. So they didn't now, of course, they, they interact with technology to some degree, but they're not explicitly in technology. For for me, I would want to keep a person engaged in technology because, A, it's one of the things that uh, helped me out in life, and then, B, because this is where the world is turning to. The, you know, the majority of the world is turning to uh, te- technological advancement, and there are so many areas that one can be successful in. One of our students that was a part of the program, Balakisu Najamadeen, was in the program and and she was in she stayed in our program because she wanted the benefits of knowing technology as she matriculated through the medical side. She she wants to go to medical school and she wants to uh, uh, be a nurse, but she wants to understand the technology side of it in the medical field. So she just didn't want to just jump into uh, medicine and then have people tell her what, you know, technologies uh, do for you in the medical side. But she wanted to go through it to uh, be able to have both, play both sides of the fence. And, and that's one of the things that it, it's really it, it's really hard, to be honest with you, Jacqueline, to, to, to keep a student engaged in it if it's not their thing. Because like I said, my, my parents put me through a number of different programs, and, you know, and, and they just didn't do it for me. Now maybe it, it could have been the personnel that was that just so happened to be in those programs, or or maybe it was just divinely uh, an invention for me to be hooked on BPA. But when I got in BPA, that was that's where I felt comfortable. That's where I knew things were going to be a, make a change in my life. And for some people, um, it's in technology. For some, it's in uh, uh, sports. Um, for some, it's in the culinary arts. You know, you just have to make sure that as a parent, you, you listen to your child and, and help them to understand nothing is not an option. You're going to be involved in something, whether it's this great organization called BPA or if you uh, want to explore something else, then that's fine, but nothing is not an option. That, that's a great, that is a great message there, Wes, and I want to, I want you to expand a little bit more on that. It almost led me into my next question, which was, what message do you have for parents? So please, go on on that vein and and tell us what message you have for parents because I'm going to point to this program for to a, a lot of young parents who have young uh, uh, people coming into high school and trying to find something to connect with them around, and this seems like a great opportunity. I have someone in mind that has a career, uh, a degree in IT, and has a young son 
just getting into high school, and this looks like a great opportunity to bond with them around high school. But uh, please, I want to hear it from your perspective. Yeah, most definitely. Now, now BPA, now for, for me, I had no interest in, in getting involved in technology when I was in high school, no interest at all. BPA is what struck that interest for me. And personally speaking, here at the Atlanta chapter, now we're going to do all that we can do to keep your, your child engaged in the program and in IT. Uh, Josephine, uh, who's the, the coordinator for Atlanta now, took it to a whole new level. She was like, Wes, I want to do this. I want to be able to do this. I want to do that. And I was like, excellent. Implement it. Get it in place. Because uh, like we were speaking earlier, there, there are so many distractions at, uh, that can keep young people not just uh, engaged in, in uh, technology, but just life, period. There's so many things that can distract them. So BDPA in my opinion, is the best starting point and ending point. If you have not started to get your child involved and stuff, start with BPA. If you have tried everything that you can think of, end with BPA because it's going to be one way or another. If you can get your child in BPA, whether they take on an IT career or not, we will expose them and help give them opportunities that they may not have gotten. And then the the second thing is BPA may open the door that to another opportunity, to another organization that your child can be a part of and, and that may grow from that. BPA has done I have seen kids that um started out with BPA and didn't necessarily finish with BPA but they are still calling me, hey, Coach West, what's going on? How's everything going? How's the program? You know, what can we do to help out? And I'm like, well, you know, you guys left BPA to go pursue something non-technical. Well, BPA gave them the confidence, the ability, the mental ability to, to grow, to say, okay, I can do things. I can learn things. I don't have to just sit around the house and play video games all day long. I can, I can do something else in life, and, and they credit BPA for that. I remember one of our students, uh, uh, his parent was very reluctant to uh, get uh, him and his sister involved in the program, and, and he was able to get a job that was not even related to BPA when he was in high school. He got a job that wasn't related to BPA, and he said – if it wasn't for the skills that I learned in BPA, how to be confident, how to present, how to talk, and how to carry myself, I don't think I would have gotten this job, Coach West, is what he came back and told me. So there are so many things that the child is going to get from the program in BPA. If you haven't started within any program, start with BPA, see where it goes. If you tried everything under the sun, in with BPA, and I guarantee you that it will be the solution to be a positive influence in your child's life, whether it is pursuing the education and career IT or whether it's learning how to present. One of uh, a good friend of mine and a student from uh, uh, the Memphis chapter, she was a couple of years younger than me, I taught her how to present to be on the competition team in, in that year that we won and the judges raved over her presentation. Well, years later, she goes to University of Tennessee in Knoxville, 
and she has a degree in uh, communications and public relations, not related to BDPA at all. She then goes and get an internship at Procter and Gamble, and she calls me up uh, her second month on the job, and she tells me, Wes, thank you so much for teaching me how to present when we were back in Memphis. She said, I use the exact same model that we learned in Memphis at Procter and Gamble, and the people went crazy over my presentation. She said, Wes, they are flying me across the country. They want me to come work here when I get finished with uh, get finished with school. Thank you, Wes, so much for pushing me and, and teaching me. Now, this is not even related to technology, but the exposure that she got while being in the program catapulted her into a career that was, uh, I mean, you can't argue against Procter & Gamble. So you have to start with BPA if you haven't started and end with BDPA if you tried everything. Wow, that that's a great success story. Great, fantastic, Wes. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here at uh, Technology Expresso Cafe Radio speaking with Wes Williams, former leader of the Atlanta Chapters High School Computer Competition Program, and he's done a fantastic job. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight, uh, Wes. Jacqueline. Okay, uh, we're we're not done with you yet, so so <laughs> I still have uh, uh, some more questions, but but absolutely, and, and I just want to drive home uh, your point because I see it also um, on the adult side because a lot of people know that I am um, over the Atlanta BDPA chapter uh, professional um, development and education for the adult uh, members of Atlanta BDPA, and I find the same thing. Not everyone necessarily ends up in IT, not everybody that joins our organization uh, even uh, is currently in IT. Sometimes they're just kind of kicking the tires, um, just like with the young people. They're just trying to explore their different options. But one of the things that um, I have found and heard said is that they leave with such a positive impression. They get to be around people who are positive and um, doing things with their lives and their career and who are passionate about their careers, and it, it just energized them. And so I find people that come back. We had one young lady. She was thinking about transitioning out of uh, real estate um, into IT, and we did a lot of coaching around project management, and she did a, a lot of mock interviews. But if nothing else, it gave her confidence. That's one of the things she said. It gave her confidence and, and helped her believe in herself. If she did decide to transition, she could do something other than real estate. She did go back to real estate, but she said I was her mentor for life, that she would always look to me for coaching and that type of thing. So this is very similar to what you said about those young people. I think that whether they stay for the whole program or if they just come uh, for a moment, um, a lot of times you're planting seeds uh, that will later uh, come into fruition and, and bloom. So um Regardless, and, and to Josephine and to the other uh, instructors that support this program, um, I know each and every one of you personally, and I know that you are implanting and imparting seeds into these young people. So keep the faith and just keep doing what you're doing um, as, as well. And, and that now I'm going to segue to my next question. Let's talk about the future of HSCC. You talked about the ACE program. Having been in it as a participant, then as a coach, leading winning teams, and then now 
turning it over in, in some ways, mentoring and coaching uh, uh, Josephine as she went through her first year. Um, I'm sure you, you have a lot of different perspectives and, and probably even hopes for the, the, the program. And, and if nothing else, maybe you're seeing as the young people, maybe they're changing and, and maybe the program, you know, there's, there's some ways in which the program can change. What are some of your hopes and aspirations for HSCC and the, 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 the young people that we can reach? One thing that I definitely want to see with the, the HSCC program is for it to be more widely acceptable. Um, I, I think that the competition uh, as well as the program offers so much that an individual can, can gain from it. Uh, one thing that I think is, is going to have to be a mandatory mandate uh, on everyone's behalf is to somehow or another get um, the HSCC program working to the school systems. The Southern End chapter was able to successfully get their theirs implemented into the their program implemented into the school system. Um, and, and and for for competition purposes, that's that's one thing. But for educational purposes, that's another. And, and I think for me. That's something that I would want to see because we at times have students that come into the program, and as you said, Jacqueline, they are straight consumers of technology and really have no exposure to some of the basic foundation of, of, of technology. And, and that's because I think – that our schools need to do a better job of preparing um, our students for technology, for, for technical careers. I, I remember um, uh, when I was in high school, and this, this wasn't even that long ago, uh, the technical path, the technical class that we had in our school was typing, and that, that was the only technical class that we had. Now, Granted, this was a Memphis City school system, and, and funding was, you know, very depleted. But still, if, if, if the only technical class involved in technology that we have is typing, you know, that, that's something wrong. This was in the early 2000s. And, and for, for most schools nowadays, and uh, a lot of schools still haven't grown from that. They have a uh, little elementary type of uh, uh, introduction to, to technology, and, and we have to make sure that our school systems are pushing more technical curriculum because that's where the kids are going to get their uh, true exposure to because the majority of their week, the, the majority of the time uh, during the week is, is at school, and, and that's the one place that they can be exposed to technology. We have hours on Saturdays. And one of the biggest things, and I mentioned this to Felicia Jones, who's the chapter president of Atlanta, one of the things that I would really love to see is for us to have our own space, Atlanta BPA have our own space, and for us to grow into something almost like an after-school technical program that when students get out of school, they can come to our building be exposed to technology because just having it on Saturday, you know, we are attempting to do something. We are doing something, and, and that we should be commended for as opposed to doing nothing. But I think that there is, is so much more we could be doing. 
but space costs money and, and um, uh, computers cost money and making sure that the building is secure and has electricity and water and all of that, that costs money. That is something that I think, though, if we can just get past that hurdle, and it's a big hurdle to get past, so if we can get something like that where we can have Atlanta BPA space, you know, Macy's System and Technology has their own space for their uh, employees uh, to come do their work as well as to get trained on things. They have their own space. If Atlanta BPA had their own space um, for the kids, and even not, not just for the kids, even for the adults, if they had their own space, just think of all the different positive possibilities we can be doing with that and, and helping to bridge that gap in technology and uh, uh, reaching out to kids that are privileged enough to have uh, technical exposure and those that are not. Uh, that's ultimately the goal that we should all be having. That's, that's one of the biggest things that I would want to see. I would want to, and that's on the educational side. On the competition, I would love for it to grow more and to be uh, intense and to have more chapters involved in the competition and to have uh, more scholarships for the students and, and more prizes for students because I think that's really going to drive uh, more participation. You know, if, they, if the kids have a big scholarship pot to win from, you're going to have a lot of people signing up for it to be. And we have a lot of students signing up for the competition now, but if we can grow that to uh, each student gets $10,000 scholarship, first place. You know, each student gets $10,000 in scholarship. We're going to have an overflow of students joining to be a part of the program. So there are so many different things that we could be doing, getting the program implemented in the school system, growing to get to a place where we can have our own space to be able to teach students uh, week during the week, and then ultimately growing the, the national competition to where uh, more scholarship dollars are given out to the winners. Absolutely. And, um, you know, to that, that end, we know that uh, Wayne Williams, who we had on our show, those who are listening, please visit our archives. We had Wayne Williams on the show talking about his efforts to raise those dollars, to, like Wesley said, so that we can give away more scholarships. Uh, our winners win uh, laptops as well, thanks to great sponsor but more, definitely more, you know, for such a great program. Um, so completely agree with you. And, and another point that you said and, and that I want to kind of reiterate is, and then also uh, to Josephine, because to those who are listening to the archives, uh, we do have a chat room open when we do a live show, and we, we always have uh, good conversations going on in there as well. So in the future, please join our shows and call in if you have questions or uh, email those to us at technologyexpresso at gmail.com. But also please uh, join us online if you're online. We welcome uh, your your questions. Um, and I'm sorry, please forgive me. I mean Wayne Hicks. Wayne Hicks. <laughs> I like to give everybody the, the, the Williams last name because we have uh, it's so popular in the UK, but Wayne <laughs> uh, um, but one of the things that I also wanted to reiterate as far as um, with parents, people are going to have to start understanding that uh, you don't just join BDPA or, or bring your child to BDPA because they're going to pursue a, a career in technology. You know, anymore, IT, technology, um, kind of just understanding logic and, and how software can help 
any business strategically, um, understanding how to communicate, uh, communicate your ideals, help design and develop requirements. You talked about testing. Um, those are just simply going to be part of the fundamental of being in the workplace, let alone if you're trying to differentiate yourself from other people in the workplace. In, in BDPA, students are getting hands-on experience working with a team. That's something that they already have to go on their resume, let alone beefing up their uh, their college entrance um, applications. So there's a lot of dividends um, from being a part of something like BDPA, um, and it doesn't mean that it's foregone conclusion that you may not pursue other things because we well know, Wesley, like you said, you pursued a, a degrees in divinity, and, and you still enjoy, um, I dare say, writing. Uh, and someday we will see, a, I'm sure, some books from you. But, you know, you, you can have other passions, but, again, having that fundamental understanding, software development and, and um, um, that type of thing is still, again, that, that it's going to be as fundamental as reading, writing, and arithmetic. I really do believe that. That's why we're so passionate and, and we have shows like that. And, and, and last but not least, don't forget about cooking. That was a mean lasagna. Yeah. That, <laughs> yes. that was made the other night. That was real, I, uh, a couple of us really enjoyed that. But um, to, uh, to Wes's point as well, you may not end up in IT. His The success story he mentioned went on uh, to have a different type of career, but uh, thanks to BDPA and her engaging individuals in that forum, was able to speak and communicate and, and became good at presenting. And that's something, being able to communicate and get your ideas across, uh, that is something that's desired in any industry. So who knows where you'll end up. You develop, if not specialties or, or skills in one of the IT career fields, but what we like to teach and what we like at Tech Express would like to emphasize are the soft skills Absolutely. and how important those are as well. And, and I dare say, and, and to Wes's success story, and even Wes's example, you know, the HSCC develops leaders. That, that's the bottom line. You know, these young people go on to be leaders in whatever they, they decide to pursue. And, and again, Wes is, is a, a prime example. But I, I want to, as our time is winding down, time flies when you're having a great conversation. Um, one of the last things I want you, Wes, to, to be able to talk to the listening audience, um, and, and I also like to, to put the challenge out there, we'd like to have other HSCC coordinators from some of the other states join us on this show, and maybe we'll have a panel, and uh, we can exchange ideas about what's working in the, the various states and, and for those that are trying to start out up similar programs. But I wanted to ask you, Wes, to run a program like this takes a lot of volunteers, effort, time. Um, talk uh, to the audience about the type of people that you need to, to run this program um, and, and, and how they can help people like Josephine as she uh, embarks upon our next year of building winners and, and leaders. Yeah, absolutely. The, the type of people that uh, we're looking for really is 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 one type of uh, type of person we're looking for, and that's kids first individuals, people that are going to put the kids first over themselves. Um, 
with with an organization, just like any organization, you know, uh, politics can start working through and and people can be somewhat conniving and, and have their own agenda to that they want to press upon in the organization and the program. And, and those people are quickly eliminated from the program. Those type of volunteers are quickly eliminated. The people that we look for are kids first driven. And you, you don't have to have technical skills. You don't even have to have all the the, the soft skills. Uh, one of our uh, uh, great instructors, uh, her, her biggest testament, and I didn't even know this, uh, Sharnesia Williams, who has strong technical skills, she'll tell you in a heartbeat, she didn't have the skills of speaking in front of large uh, audiences and, and having to get up to speak and make presentations. And, and she's an adult. She was an instructor that was working in the program. And as a result of coming to the program, she had a kid's first mentality, but she also got something out of it. And she says that she got the confidence to be able to speak in front of audience and speak in front of uh, and presentations and meetings and things. Because she was saying, well, if the kids can do it, surely I can do it. And that's the type of people that we look for. I mean, if you are looking solely to get something out of it, then, you know, that's your first mistake right there, I'll be honest with you. But if you are looking to say, hey, I have a desire to help young people one way or another. I can't uh, code. I don't really know how to speak, but I know how to cook. Okay, well, we feed the kids on Saturdays. Um, every Saturday, so would you mind helping us with uh, preparing food for them? Absolutely. Come on, be a part of it. And what a lot of people fail to realize, whatever you don't have, you do have one thing. You have uh, a story to tell. You are a person that can be a mentor to an individual. We've had people to sign up and help in the program that have no technical skills whatsoever, but were probably some of the strongest influencers in the, in the students' lives, simply because they showed up and they wanted to make sure that the kids were successful. And however successful is defined, that's what they wanted to make sure that they were doing. Uh, Pam Flemings, one of our uh, volunteers, Pam Flemings, is, is one of the examples I was given as far as uh, cooking. She would say that she doesn't have any technical skills, but Wes, I'll fix whatever meal you need me to fix for her. Her uh, grandson was a part of the organization, and they won. Uh, he won. He was part of the regional team where we won first place uh, a couple of years back. So, anybody that's looking to help out and put kids first before yourself, uh, I was unemployed for uh, my whole tenure in, in undergrad and graduate school. I didn't get my first job. I didn't start working at Macy's until. 2010, but I've been working with BPA since 2001, and I was unemployed all the way up until 2010. So I didn't join the program to get a job out of it. Now, I'm, I'm thankful for the job that I was able to get because uh, Felicia Jones, uh, who's the chapter president now, uh, was able to uh, look at my skills and look at my dedication to getting a job taken care of and, and saw that I was a good fit to Worked for her team at Macy, so she brought me on. But my intention was never to say, all right, I'm going to help out so I can get a job out. You know, that's it's nothing wrong with that per se. But if that's your sole objective is to say, 
the only reason why I'm going to help out is so I can get a job, then this is this is not for you. The type of people that we are looking for are, are dedicated, kid-first people. Now, of course, now we do want the technical skills, those that can code, those that uh, uh, can present, those that know how to do graphic design. Absolutely, those people are, are more than more than welcome to join. We also want people that feel comfortable advertising the organization. We have a lot of people that sat in on a couple of sessions to see how we how we do everything. They actually come out to our picnics, and then they go out and spread the good news. They go out and tell other corporations and other organizations about all the good work that we're doing uh, and VPA and the HSCC program, and then we start to grow. A perfect example is uh, one of my mentors, uh, uh, Derek Brown. His wife is a teacher at a high school, and and he said, well, how can I help out? And he said, my wife works at a high school. Do you mind if I spread the word there or have her spread the word? I said, absolutely. And uh, she teaches at Berkmar, and Berkmar uh, supplied almost half of our students back in 2010, and half of the students on the competition team that won fourth place and first place came from Berkmar. If you have the kids first mentality, putting the kids first, this is an organization that you should help out. And when you do that, I guarantee you will get something in return, whether it's a good feeling, whether it is a job, uh, whether it's that that next stepping point in your life, you will get something out of it if you put the kids first. Absolutely, absolutely. And then one thing that, that I want to reiterate, too, is that once you become a part of BDPA, and you, you've kind of alluded to it in, in several different ways, but you become a part of the family, and the family looks out for each other. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a part of networking, and then when, when one of us are in need or looking for a new opportunity, we can talk among ourselves, and, and we're, we're there for you. And um you know, just just absolutely, it's it, it, you know, our, our through our professional life, it's our family, it's, it's people with shared passions, shared passions, and, and one of the things we even say in the adult chapter, you know, we, it's all about the kids, it's all about the kids, you know, BDPA love the kids, and and um, you know, we, the the adult chapter, we do our fundraisers, and it's to give to the kids. If you come to our CIO forum. The young people present there, and I'm telling you, they steal the show. They steal the show from even some of the people that are up on the platform because here are these young people, and uh, we can't tell that they're nervous because I tell you this year, Josephine had them all prepped and ready to go, and they they went up there. They even had a glitch during their presentation. They recovered uh, better than some of the people that uh, I've, I've seen in the workplace. So just it's just a beautiful thing to see it all coming together with the young people and uh, being able to send them on that trip this year to Washington, D.C., uh, seeing them dressed up at the banquet, just the whole thing is fulfilling to you. And I've even heard, uh, you know, Wes, to, to add to what you said, some people who they taught, and by teaching the young people, you know, their own skill set, it helped them to better develop in their own, uh, you know, professional development. Because teaching, you know, you have to know what you're, what you're doing when you're teaching others. And so even sometimes they had to go home at night and, and brush up to prepare for teaching, um, mm-hmm. but that's how they were able to develop themselves, give, you know, first to the kids, as you said, putting the kids first, and, and, and they also uh, receive dividends on the back end as well. So um, it's just a great program. It's a great program for the, the young people. Um, it's a great program for the, the adults who volunteer. 
um, even the parents are, are, are more than and sing the praises of VDPA in the program and what it's done for their um, for their children. So just a, a great program and just looking forward to as it grows, as we get the word out. Um, and Technology Expresso, as we say, our mic is always open to you, Wes, and to anyone in HSCC, to Josephine. I um, also want to give shout-outs for Lenita holding down the uh, chat room for us. As always, we appreciate you and all that you do. Um, and uh, just want to say, anybody interested in the program, um, please visit AtlantaBDPA.org. That's AtlantaBDPA.org. Or you can visit the uh, national site, bdpa.org, uh, for a uh, chapter that's near you. So um, I think that's going to about wrap it up. I'll let uh, David take us home. Oh, just put it all on me. I want to thank our uh, gracious host, Wes Williams, for joining us uh, today. And uh, we really appreciate your uh, time, Wes, and, and look forward to hearing more about what you have going on in your life. You continue to be a mentor to the young folks that came through the program and that are coming through the program now. Josephine is doing a great job with them now. And, uh, yes, those are big shoes that she said in the chat room to follow, but she's doing a very good job. So uh, congratulations and good luck to her. And once again, Wes, thank you for joining us here at Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. You can reach us at Technology Expresso, that's E X P R E S S O dot com, and listen to the archive of this show. Find links to BDPA.org. Reach out to Wes and Josephine and everyone else in the Atlanta BDPA chapter. So, once again, thanks, Wes, for joining us, and everyone, have a great evening. 